This week on Beyond Stillness, Stories After Stroke, we spotlight guest Calvin Randall from Chicago, Illinois. He suffered two strokes at the age of 55. Calvin built houses for 34 years. He sees parallels between reconstructing a house and reconstructing life after a stroke. In this episode, he offers tools that help him reconstruct his life. Thank you for joining us for part one, Calvin Randall's story. Hello and welcome to Beyond Stillness. Stroke offers a powerful, life-changing shift in perspective. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This radio show, Beyond Stillness, offers an hour of pause for storytelling and reflection. Ultimately, Beyond Stillness is a welcoming environment that reveres the moment beyond strokes paralysis. Still moments unite humanity and divinity. I'm your host, Molly Bucola. Today's guest is Calvin Randall from Chicago, Illinois. He suffered not one, but two strokes in September 2017 at the age of 55. He's a dedicated husband, father, and grandfather. Calvin is very involved in the Hebrew College. He facilitates classes for teens, and he is the founder and facilitator of Ultimate Reach Stroke Support Group, and wrote a book entitled, What God Did in 31 Days, My Story of Healing and Hope. But before we begin with Calvin, let us take a moment, a moment of pause, to call to mind people in our lives who may be struggling on the inside, in their own thoughts and emotions. May they find comfort, support, and hope on their journey. Maybe one of our own experiences in times of struggle will inspire us to reach out to offer this comfort, support, hope. Today, we give thanks for how far we have come in our own journey with recovery. And we ask for strength and motivation to continue progressing so that we may serve a world in need of our gifts. Calvin, I'm going to hand it over to you. Thank you, Miss Molly, for the opportunity to share. I would like you all to come on and go down this journey with me. I want you to be there like I was there. I want to tell you what what really went on. How would you feel if you woke up without being able to move? I worked in construction for 34 years, running up and down ladders, 
walking on the rooftop, building homes from the ground up, and woke up one morning and could not even move my hand. Couldn't even move my leg. Wow. I not only had one, but I had two strokes. Well, the school that just started in September 2017, my wife Ivy was a kindergarten teacher. Me and her had an after-school program where we picked up about 40 kids from various schools in the neighborhood and brought them over to our center Monday through Friday. After a year prior to that, I had a rotator cuff surgery. I was already disabled. My lifestyle choices and unhealthy behavior were beginning to take an impact. I was getting high. I was drinking. I was not taking my medication right. I already had blood pressure, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I was a diabetic. I will never forget September the 25th, 2017. I woke up, but I was not feeling well. I felt a little, little sluggish, but I went to work with no problem. The next day, I woke up, I was really tired. I had stayed up late the night before rebuilding computers because that was some of the things I liked to do. So I didn't think much of it. The next day, I got up, went to work, feeling so sluggish, so tired. I arrived to my wife's job, and I called her on the phone, and I asked her to come over to the car. And I said, babe, I don't feel good. I don't think I'll be able to go pick up the kids today. She said, why? I said, I'm not feeling good. I need you to call my mom and tell her to have my brother ready because I need to go to the hospital. I then got on the expressway and drove from 27th and Shield to 80th and Princeton, which is about eight miles on the south side of Chicago. I drove all the way to my mother's home. It wasn't, it was only through the grace of God I made it. He was holding on to the wheel and driving that car for me. When I pulled up to my mom's house, I was tired. I couldn't hardly get out the car. I couldn't even hardly walk. I started stumbling across the street to get in my brother's car so he could take me to the hospital. My brother had drove me to the little company at Mary Hospital on 95th Street. He took me, he let me off at the emergency room door while he went to go look for a parking space. And I was sitting in the wheelchair. This nurse came up to me. She said, sir, are you okay? I say, yes, I need to see the doctor. 
she heard my voice I was slurring, and she rushed me in the back. And my brother never came in there yet. But she rushed me in the back. And this and this examinated me. They ran some tests. The nurse came back and said, Mr. Randall, you had a stroke on Monday, and you have another one right now. And I can only just hang my head down low and just believe. Because I thought nothing could happen to me. Thankful God saved my life. That day, everything changed. So I laid in bed. I can only think. I would only think about, why me, Lord? I was hurting. Alone, disgusted, confused. I didn't know which way to go. Then I turned to the Lord, and he began to comfort me and to have me process such a great trauma. When I returned home, not only did I have to heal my body, I had to work on healing the most important, important part of my body, which is the brain. The brain controlled touching, thinking, reaching, eating. It controlled everything I do. I have to work on the brain, sending signals to every single part of my body. I have to work on the brain, sending signals to every single part of my mind. I have to use my brain and sending signal to every part of my life. Wow. I knew this was going to be a long road, but I didn't know how long. Noah didn't know what back to normal was. As I reflect on the last six months of my healing process, I have come to realize or come to know and understand that healing on the outside is more faster than healing on the inside. Although the outside outside healing have taken a far amount of time already, but the inside healing is much slower. I think of a healing process like when you when I was building a building back in the day. You build the outside of the house first. Then once they're outside, you frame it up, sell it. Then you can work on the inside. There's a lot of medical doctors, physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, and program focus on building the outside of me, my body. But I don't see any profession working on stroke survivors on building the inside. So that's what I'm focused on in this story today. People don't talk much about the need to build the inside of a stroke survivor, of their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, their confidence, their spirit. 
I wasn't aware of it. Needed to experience this great frustration. I want to be able to do more than I can do. I want to share some things I've learned and that helped me to heal on the inside. The first tool I want to share with you that helped me heal on the inside was being patient. Well, my hand was paralyzed. I could not move it. I could not have no feeling in it. The skin wasn't breathing. I would have dry skin on my hands and my nails wasn't growing all this time. Forever in the day, I thought it was going to take. But I realized that one day my nails start growing. And I no longer felt the dead skin everywhere. Around the same time, I felt the feeling of the nerve inside. And I could move my hand better. I was celebrating. There's nothing. There's no way. No way. To rush this procedure. That external healing. As I witness it. I see great improvement in celebrating it. It's also reminded me that most patient with you to be patient with your body. Some of the healing would happen in this own time, not when you want it to happen. Two other tools to help with healing on the inside is confidence and connection. Now, that I'm getting a feeling in my hands. I can move things. I can hold bags without them falling. I can scratch my back. I can shake hands with some ability to feel more confident. I like doing things by myself. It reminds me I'm capable. The more I do myself, the more my brain is revealed. And when I shake other people's hand, I feel a sense of connection. I've been able to look people in their eyes all along. But the stronger my hand gets, the more I can enforce that connection with my shape. These are some steps, small steps the hell in my inside but I still have more construction that's needed the more and more I see my body as a house as a physical body rebuilding my thoughts, my emotions my feelings being to rebuild to it's been it's beginning to feel, I'm beginning to feel the nerve running down my leg. You know, I can, all the way down my foot. My right leg shakes. I feel the nerve sensation working downward. I'm able to lift my foot more. I can walk faster now. I feel the muscle inside my foot getting stronger. 
by just waking up. My inside is starting to wake up. My emotions are waking up. Emotionally, I felt paralyzed. I was dominant in that way. But with every ability regaining, my emotions began to lift me up too. Another important tool to help the inside is finding specific reason to motivate and recovery. Me and my family, I have a great relationship with my family, our independency and serving others. God, I love God, my kids, my wife, my grandkids, help me heal on the inside. My family member motivates me in a different way. I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to get on the floor and play with them on the floor. I want to so I can walk, so I can work harder on my therapy exercise. My daughter often, she often do emotional calls and say, hey, Dad, you all right? She called me. She encouraged me. My son, too, the baby boy, Christopher, when I was laying in that hospital bed after the stroke, my son said, hey, Dad, what didn't kill you will make you stronger. My son said that to me. Hearing that from my baby boy, that stuck with me. My family is my bigger part, is the biggest part of my recovery. My wife Ivy is a huge part of my recovery too. God moved in her and he moved in me. Just about Around the time of my stroke, we was reaching a breaking point in our relationship. Things were not going well in our relationship. But then I started looking at God. I said, God, only you can do this. I could be a better husband, and she could be a better wife to me. So I stopped looking at and my wife, I start looking at myself. When I look in the mirror, I don't see Ivy's face. I see Calvin's face. When you focus on how to love, heal, and support Ivy, rather than getting what I wanted, I want to heal myself while I'm healing our relationship. I work in therapy so I can eventually take care of myself. I want to be very independent. I want to be able to fold my own clothes so my wife don't have to do it. I, I do makeshift things like I go walk to the, to the mailbox doing exercise. I get on my scooter, ride around, or we go on the grocery store, ride around, or pick up stuff, but she don't have to walk all over so in this way it frees me I'm really ready for the next step so I work hard in therapy and I have that thought in my head serving others is another tool for my internal healing 
And one, in order to do so, I'll share this story when I can. That's why here today, I wrote this book on my journey, What God Did in 31 Days. And you can find a copy of that on skyscrapermentorship.org. That's skyscrapermentorship.org. A couple of months after returning home, it occurred to me that I needed to write this book. I knew it was important to share my story. I started by using a voice recorder to record my thoughts, my feelings, my reality. Then I put it, the strong point out to write the book. It was a friend of mine in my church organization, what did I just say, my, my ministry organization. She was an author and she was willing to help put my book together the way I needed it to be. So I stepped it out different parts of the, what I had recorded to make it helpful to everyone else. So she was able to write the book for me in my format. I like encouraging other stroke survivors, other people here. I had a stroke and they reached out to me for the support and advice. When we met, we let the go with the stroke support group meeting. We meet together and we listen to each other. You know, each one have a turn to to tell their story and my community. It's important to listen to each other and share resources and encourage healing. I also, I also am a facilitator and the founder of a stroke group. It's called Ultimate Re-Stroke Support Group, where I read stories from survivors I realized I never knew how many people was going through this until they share. Because we don't, I now have a best friend named Ricardo. You know, I can't drive, but Ricardo come pick me up here, take me to the movie, go to a baseball game. We are good friends. And he had a different type of stroke than I did. But his story really impacted me as well. So I have guest speakers that often come by and speak knowledge to the survivor, have doctors, um, nurses, you know, people that are working with home care people. We have them to come and speak. So I'm I'm real happy about what God is doing in my life. But I'm going to share another tool to help me. My insight is remaining. Remember, you know, everybody go through things, everybody. But now I'm a better man now. I'm learning to humble myself even more through recovery. It's been some hard, difficult talk that I've been having to have with God. I've learned to be quiet. I learned that relationship is the most important thing that I have. I have time to listen. I don't think of, I know everything. Part of my healing 
inside is remaining and reminding myself that I learned a lot about life, myself, and my relationship through this process. Part of my healing is remembering the guilt of this side of the soul and how I can share my new gift with my family. When I get depressed about it, able to go lay down and think about what I'm and put myself in a pity party, not anymore. I know that's not good for me either. I still have, it happens. In this moment, I remember the tools I've learned to heal my inside with the patience, the confidence, connection, service, motivation for therapy, and remind myself about ways I can get better after my strokes. God told me, I help you, now I need you to help someone else. There's not room for a pity party. I have to remind myself of that. So then, when patient, I try to take them one step further. I try to get to the mailbox, go get my mail, you know, do different things that make me happy. I even ride the bike, like I'm riding the bike in the beach, do exercise. This is one they taught me in therapy. I work trying to be more dependent. Sometimes I get down, but I don't have time to get down. I have to help someone else. So if you know of anybody that's going through stuff like that, you need to reach out and talk to them. You need to give them a good word. You know, I'm a neighbor, I'm a teacher, I'm a pastor, I'm a writer, I'm an encourager, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a dad, I'm a grandpa. Most important, I'm a friend. But now I am more humble and awareness and understanding. God told me, I help you, that you help someone. God helped me rebuild from the outside in. Now I'm here to help you rebuild too. Today I offer my tools. Let's rebuild together. Calvin, thank you. Thank you. You're a builder still. You're a builder in a different way. Building individuals, building communities. Thank you for sharing your tools. Thank you for sharing your story, Calvin. Thank you, Ms. Molly, for the opportunity. And if you want to reach Calvin, it's skyscrapermentorship.org. He'll be there. So now let us take a moment of pause to give thanks for our time with Calvin Randall. A moment to think about the people in our lives who have offered support, inspiration, motivation. For them, we give thanks. We think of the tools that Calvin offered us, the tools of patience, 
connection, confidence. Reminders of ways that we might be better people now. We give thanks. And again, like we did at the beginning, we call to mind people who might need support, love, inspiration, encouragement. And we ask for courage that we may step up and offer those things to the people in need. May we support each other and cultivate community. Calvin, thanks again. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and offering your wisdom and ways that, that you've grown throughout your recovery. I want to thank you, Molly, from the, my heart. It was the honor and the privilege to come for you to have me on your show to tell my story so I'll be able to help someone else. So thank you for your plateau that you have put me on today. And I love you for that. Love you too, Calvin. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the past, what, four weeks that we've met in order to uh, share stories together. So thank you, Calvin. Thank you for devoting time and space to listen to part one, Calvin Randall's story. Stick with us for part two, Calvin Randall's interview. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. In this episode of Beyond Stillness, guest Calvin Randall offered his story entitled Tools for Reconstructing Life After Stroke. He shared how tools of patience, confidence, connection, service, and reminders of motivation and lessons learned have helped him rebuild his life. If you enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the stroke community, you are more than supportive. You are inspirational. If you are part of the stroke community and have a story you'd like to share on the show, please contact us, email m-o-l-l-y at beyondstillness.org.